to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. When you look at a photograph of a cat, chances are that you can recognize the pictured animal, whether it's ginger or striped. And you still know it's a cat if the image is black and white, covered in dust specks, or worn and faded. The cat might be a blur of motion or obscured by tree branches, and you'd still know what it is. You've naturally learned to identify a cat in almost any situation. In contrast, machine vision systems powered by deep neural networks can sometimes even outperform humans at recognizing a cat under fixed conditions. But images that are even a little novel, noisy or grainy, can throw off those systems completely. A research team in Germany has now discovered an unexpected reason why. Humans pay attention to the shapes of pictured objects. If we look at cat pictures, we know the rough outline of a cat, whether it's standing, curled up sleeping, or climbing a tree. But deep learning computer vision algorithms routinely latch onto the object's textures instead. Researchers presented this finding at the International Conference on Learning Representations last year. It highlights the sharp contrast between how humans think and machines process information. It illustrates how misleading our intuitions can be, too, about what makes artificial intelligences tick. It may also hint at why our own vision evolved the way it did. Let's take a look at how deep learning algorithms work. Say we present a neural network with thousands of images that either contain or don't contain cats. The system finds patterns in that data. It then uses that info to decide how best to label an image it's never seen before. The network's architecture is modeled loosely on that of the human visual system. Its connected layers let it extract increasingly abstract features from an image. But the system makes the associations that lead it to the right answer through a black box process that humans can only try to interpret after the fact. Thomas Dietrich is a computer scientist at Oregon State University who wasn't involved in the study. We've been trying to figure out what leads to the success of these deep learning computer vision algorithms and what leads to their brittleness. Some researchers prefer to look at what happens when they trick the network by modifying an image. They found that very small changes can cause the system to mislabel objects in an image completely. Here's psychophysicist Felix Wichmann at the University of Tübingen in Germany, who studies this stuff. If you know a network, so you have a deep network, and if you know everything about it, so you know all the connection strengths between all the units and their activation functions, then with that kind of knowledge of the way it works, you can fool it by perturbing an image. The changes you have to do to the image are basically imperceptible. You and I, if we were to see both versions next to each other, we couldn't tell them apart. But the network can be made to classify the first image correctly, say, as a car. But then you can make it, say, ostrich or coffee machine to the second image. And that seems crazy to us as humans. When I read about this, this was, to me, strong evidence that these networks may not work like humans. Computer scientist Thomas Dietrich says other experts have combed through networks to analyze what the individual neurons respond to in an image. Most of the work in machine learning has been looking at these saliency mappings. And so we can trace backwards through the neural network and say, well, for this particular image, it was using information from these pixels. 
But unfortunately, we don't know whether that is texture information or shape information. So the saliency mapping strategies don't, help, don't answer the question. But the labs of Wichmann and computational neuroscientist Matthias Bethke at the University of Tübingen in Germany took a more qualitative approach. The team reported in 2018 that they trained a neural network on images degraded by a particular kind of noise. The network got better than humans at classifying new images subjected to the same type of distortion. But alter those images in a slightly different way, and they completely duped the network, even though the new distortion looked practically the same as the old one to humans. Here's Wichmann. These networks, they were superhuman at recognizing objects if the images were intact, but they really lost performance much, much more rapidly than humans. So they were not very robust against these distortions. And that kind of puzzled us, actually. We were really surprised just how bad these networks were. To explain the results, the researchers thought about what quality changes the most with even small levels of noise. Texture seemed the obvious choice. Graduate student Robert Garros says the shape of the object stays more or less intact if you add a lot of noise for a long time. Garros works in Bethke's and Wichmann's lab and is the lead author of the study. But Garros says the local structure in an image gets distorted quickly when you add a bit of noise. So they came up with a clever way to test how both humans and deep learning systems process images. Garros, Bethke, and their colleagues created images that included two conflicting cues, with a shape taken from one object and a texture from another. Wichmann explains. There's the shape of, say, a cat, but the texture of an elephant. So both answers are correct. In a way, you could say, what is this? And you could say, well, it's an elephant because of the texture, or it's a cat because of the shape. The researchers presented humans with hundreds of these images. Those same images were put through four different classification algorithms. Humans go for the shape almost all the time, whereas the networks went for texture almost all the time. Nicolas Kriegescorta is a computational neuroscientist at Columbia University who didn't participate in the study. He says the study is changing our understanding of how deep feed-forward neural networks do visual recognition. As odd as artificial intelligence's preference for texture over shape may seem, it makes sense. Kriegescorta says you can think of texture as shape at a fine scale. That fine scale is easier for the system to latch onto. The number of pixels with texture information blows away the more limited number of pixels that make up the boundary of an object. John Tsotsos is a computational vision scientist at York University in Toronto who wasn't involved in the new work. He says the network's very first steps involve detecting local features. They start by looking at, you know, little tiny line segments. So in the same way that you can take an image and split it up into pixels, you can take a drawing or a picture or a painting or any kind of a scene and split it up into little tiny line segments. And then it tries to group these line segments together. So it's very natural to get texture out of these groupings because that's what texture is, is groupings of line segments that all line up in the same way, for example. Garros and his colleagues have shown that those local features are sufficient to allow a network to perform image classification tasks. 
Bethke and another of the study's authors, postdoctoral researcher Vilan Brindle, drove this point home in a paper also presented in May of last year. They built a deep learning system that operated a lot like classification algorithms before the advent of deep learning, like a bag of features. It split up an image into tiny patches, just as current models initially would. But rather than integrating that information gradually to extract higher-level features, it made immediate decisions about the content of each small patch. So if we go back to our examples, the system might say, this patch contains evidence for a cat, and that patch contains evidence for a bear. The system simply added its immediate decisions together to determine the identity of the object. For instance, this one has more patches that contain evidence for a cat, so this is an image of a cat. And this one has more patches that show evidence for a bear, so this is an image of a bear. The system did this without any regard for the global spatial relationships between the patches, and yet it could recognize objects with surprising accuracy. Brindle says this challenges the assumption that deep learning is doing something completely different than previous models did. Amir Rosenfeld is a postdoctoral researcher at York University and the University of Toronto. He didn't participate in the study, but is familiar with it. He says there are still large differences between what we think networks should be doing and what they actually do, including how well they reproduce human behavior. Current deep learning methods can integrate local features like texture into more global patterns like shape. But it doesn't automatically happen if the networks are only trained to classify standard images. Garros wanted to see what would happen when the team forced their models to ignore texture. Felix Wichmann explains. If these networks really were more looking for texture rather than shape, let's create a new data set. Basically, we wanted to train the network on images, but we forced it to learn something else than texture. So the team took images traditionally used to train classification algorithms and painted them in different styles. By destroying the texture cube, using all these artistic paintings, there was no correlation anymore between the class, say ostrich or like bear or car, and the surface texture because we used these artistic images instead. When they retrained each of the deep learning models on the new images, the systems began relying on larger, more global patterns and exhibited a shape bias much more like that of humans. Felix Wichmann says it showed that if networks are forced to learn shape, they'll learn shape. These networks are super powerful. However, they're almost like, I would call it lazy. So if they can solve a task, you throw them using a cheap trick, they will exploit any cheap trick. And an image, despite the fact that there are a million images, it seems that there's a very strong correlation between the category and the texture. And that seems to be easier for the network to learn, and it just exploits this cheap trick. However, this is not robust, yeah, because if, if there's noise, then texture is destroyed. The algorithms also became better at classifying noisy images, even when they hadn't been trained to deal with those kinds of distortions. Now we have a network that is more sensitive to shape because we trained it on these artistic images. Then we tested again on this noise, and yes, it is way more robust than the original network. And in a way that goes back to humans, it even helps us understand human vision more because we can argue, 
Well, this is perhaps part of the reason why we are so shape dominant, why we are so biased towards shapes, because this is the more robust way to solve the object recognition problem instead of relying on texture, because like if it's foggy or rainy or snowy, yeah, the texture gets destroyed, but the shape is relatively intact. Humans live in a three-dimensional world where objects are seen from multiple angles under many different conditions, and where our other senses, like touch, can help us recognize objects. So it makes sense for our vision to prioritize shape over texture. Garrow says the findings also tell us that just having the right kind of bias in a network for specific tasks helps a lot with generalizing to a novel setting. Wichmann says the work serves as a reminder. Perhaps what our paper suggests is that looking at the data set seems to be more important than looking at the architecture. That's something that I would claim. I think the data exert more biases and influences than we believe. Computational vision scientist John Tsotsos says this isn't the first time researchers have encountered the problem. The most prominent kind of bias is in face recognition where you find the systems may be biased away from particular skin tones, away from particular, you know, female versus male balance, I don't know. So there's a lot of talk about how the systems have inherent bias for genders and for race. And I think there's nothing inherent in the system that would create that bias. You have to make sure that the sampling set is uniform in how it represents everything. Automated hiring algorithms and other neural networks have also previously been shown to give too much weight to unexpected features because of biases in the data they were trained on. Removing those unwanted biases from their decision-making process has proven difficult, but Wichmann says the new work shows it's possible, which he finds encouraging. Still, even Garros's models that focused on shape could be defeated by too much noise in an image or by particular pixel changes. That shows they're a long way from achieving human-level vision. In a similar vein, Rosenfeld, Tsotsos, and graduate student Marcus Solbach also recently published research showing that machine learning algorithms can't perceive similarities between different images as humans can. Sonia Fiedler agrees. She's a computer scientist at the University of Toronto who didn't participate in the study. She says it's up to researchers to design clever data and clever tasks. Fiedler and her colleagues are studying how giving neural networks secondary tasks can help them perform their main function. Inspired by Garros' findings, they recently trained an image classification algorithm not just to recognize the objects themselves, but also to identify which pixels were part of their outline or shape. The network automatically got better at its regular object identification task. They found that given a single task, networks became blind to a lot of things. But given multiple tasks, it allows the network to develop biases toward different information. This is similar to what happened in Garros' experiments on shape and texture. For researchers, all of these studies are an exciting step in deepening our understanding of what's going on in deep learning. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Jordana Sapelowicz's full article, Where We See Shapes, AI Sees Textures, on our website, quantamagazine.org. And did you know that this podcast isn't the only way to listen to Quantum Magazine? 
Quanta's books, Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire and The Prime Number Conspiracy, published by the MIT Press, are available to listen to now at audible.com. 